Ay, 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 Woo! Yes, boy! Oh, my God! Man, I have to say, yo, this track used to kill it in the clubs, man. Bass, from 1999. Oh, my God. Ah, fire. Straight up fire. And that's how... We start an episode of Echoes from the Goddamn Void, people. That is how we do. Ah, man. And I'm, I'm, I'm kind of like, oh, I'm bugging right now. Because, you know what I mean? Thursday, hitting New York, man. Hitting New York. All ready for fucking Skank Fest. All ready for Skank Fest, man. Can't. Like, I can't wait, but oy, it's just like, ah, oh, just I, I, I just feel it's gonna be hassle. Like, just getting there, the, just the, all the shit at the airport. Because every time I travel on my own, it's always hassles, man. It's always friggin' hassles. So, um, yeah. That's kind of bugging me at this present moment in time. Uh, so I'm just making sure I've got all my shit together. And I'm ready. And I'm ready, man. But um, yeah, I'm, I'm like, the, you know, the shit itself. You know what I mean? So Thursday night, going to go to Kill Tony at the, um, the Gramercy Theatre. So I'm looking forward to that. Have to work out how to get there. So that's another thing that I'm like, oh, how the fuck am I going to get around, man? I don't know. But yeah, so going to go to the Gramercy on Thursday. Do it, like, try and do a Kill Tony. Of course, I'm putting my goddamn name in that hat. So, motherfuckers, keep your fingers crossed for your boy. Hopefully, my name gets pulled out and I can, uh, yeah, drop some new material. That would be flavor. Uh, and then, yeah, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, it's Skangfest at the Brooklyn Bazaar. And um, god damn it, man, the lineup is fire. So I can't wait. Can't wait to, um, yeah, just hang out with the Skanks, the Gomites, and every other motherfucker that is going to be up in the spot. Listening to some good comedy. You know what I mean? Like going down to the Smoke Honey Hive for some stone science. And all of that. Ah, it's going to be fire, man. It's going to be fire. So let's get on with today's episode. And, um, yo, there is some crazy fucking shit happening in the world crazy shit happening in the world and um no more than in um goddamn phoenix 
Yikes. Jesus, man. So, like, there's some footage of some police going gangbusters on a car. You know what I mean? You just hear them, like, shouting out, get out of the car, I'm going to fucking cap your up. And it's like, what the fuck is going This is the police. This is the police, right? And they're going after this black family. Now, this is the thing, right? So, they were called on allegations of shoplifting. Shoplifting from a dollar store. From a dollar store. So, you kind of feel, right? There was no armed robbery. No one was holding up a bank. No one was going crazy here. It's a dollar store. So come appropriate to that just walk up to the car knock on the window uh, excuse me ma'am excuse me sir i was wondering if we can just ask you um because the people in the store they i think they said that your daughter might have picked something up that's all they had to do there's no no need for guns like this family had three frigging kids with them Three kids and these officers are waving guns in the mum's face, threatening to shoot her. Then they've got the dad up against the car. His hands are behind his back. You've already cuffed him and then you're kicking his legs away so he falls and smashes his face in the floor. Like, what the fuck is that? This is some crazy fucking shit crazy shit and um yeah i don't know it's worrying man so the mayor um mayor galigo um issued a statement she said i like many others am sick over what i have seen in the video depicting phoenix police interacting with a family and young children it was completely inappropriate and clearly unprofessional there is no situation in which this behavior is ever close to acceptable as a mother myself seeing these children placed in such a terrifying situation is beyond upsetting I am deeply sorry for what this family went through and I apologise to our community. This is not who we are and I refuse to allow this type of behaviour to go unchallenged. I have spoken directly with our police chief, city manager and our public safety subcommittee chairman. First, we are speeding up the implementation of body body-worn cameras across our police force every single precinct will have body-worn cameras by august second this tuesday june the 18th i have called for a committee meeting about this incident i have asked our police chief to be present to listen directly to the incident um and then there's a video of the police chief talking about it as well like the the, the the thing that seems a bit worrying is that it's like the police officers are involved have been you know assigned to desk duty like no there's no desk duty just fucking send them home because like the worrying thing about this it's not the like the 
anger. It's the fact they drew guns. They drew guns. There's no need for guns in this situation. So if they're going to draw guns at this, like, what else are they going to do? So we've obviously got here, I I think there was three police officers, two or three police officers. These guys clearly, clearly cannot handle the pressure of the job. They can't handle the pressure of the job. So they need to be, I don't know, like, hey, listen, I'm, I'm, Yuri, I'm, I'm all about letting people kind of come back, redeem themselves. You know, there, there should be a way for that. But straight away, I'm saying this, these motherfuckers should never, never be in a situation where they can hold guns again, so, I don't know, like, suspend them for a period of time, and then have them as traffic cops, the traffic cops have guns, I don't know, I, I, I think these motherfuckers, they need to be suspended, need to be reprimanded, they need to fucking apologize to that family, and then I'd send them on a fucking, you know, like they do with people, they commit a crime, a lot of times for a reduced sentence, you have to go to schools and give talks and things like that, I'd send them on doing that shit, and then place them in a role where they can't have guns, they can't have guns, so you either do that or you just sack them from the police force, and it's either, either of those options, because it can't be anything else, they can't have guns, because they just don't have the temperament to use a gun, to be trusted with a gun, on this, you know I mean, this incident, they didn't shoot someone, but you can definitely see that they were close, they were close, if the guy had done something differently, he'd have been shot, you can dep- you can see it by their body language, by the way they're talking. This is fucking crazy. Crazy. Like I'm you know, and I definitely think that they should have just been suspended without pay. Suspended without pay from the giddy up. There's no fucking ride in the desk. Because it's clear they were wrong. So you know I mean, it's not about going, alright, so we need to work out, did, did they do anything wrong or not, no, we clearly see they did shit wrong, so you, you suspend them without pay, now, the, then the process is working out what the punishment is, but, yeah, I don't know, hopefully by now, this, this situation has been sorted out, it's only just hit the UK, um, so yeah, uh, we'll we'll see if in the coming days something comes up because shit, this is crazy. This is some crazy fucking shit, man. Crazy shit. So Sastik Sas ah, Saskia Shusta, who is the head of comedy 
at ITV has um, now made a decree where um, the network will no longer commission comedy shows with all-male writing rooms. <sighs> yes. Um, you know, she said um, she realised last year that an awful lot of comedy entertainment shows are made up of all-male writing teams. Too often the writing room is not sensitively run. It can be aggressive and slightly bullying. Which is, you know, I think maybe address those things. So just by going, all right, no show can have an all-male team. Ah, Yeah, that will stop the bullying. Like, if there's bullying... Address the fucking bullying. You know what I mean? Bullies are going to bully. It doesn't matter who's in the fucking room. Gee, you know what I mean? I don't think it takes a friggin' brain scientist to work that shit out. (sighs) You know? It's it's, kind of crazy. Um, You know, she's like, They've now changed all the contracts and so female writers have been slotted into um, all all the kind of ongoing shows at the network. Which is a bit like... I, I, I find this very worrying. Like... And it's not because, um, you know, I, 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 like the the sentiment. I'm, I'm cool with. I'm cool with the sentiment. You know, just changing the dynamic and ensuring that there's, you know, a, a balance with things. But you know, it. I don't think you can. You you should say every show must be this way. Because, you know, someone might come with an idea, right? So maybe a group of friends have an idea for a TV show. And they're like, you know, they're all writers. And they're like, look, we've conceived this idea. We we don't want a huge writing room. We're going to write it all ourselves. And they're like, no, you have to have a, a, a woman involved. And the woman doesn't get their idea so it's gonna diminish that show now that isn't gonna be the case for most things but it could be the case for a few and like on the flip there could be plenty like a group of women they're like yeah we want to make this show we got an idea for this and they're like nope can't do it ladies gotta have a guy on the team and the guy doesn't get the idea. So, I, you know what I mean? I think by just making a decree that every writing team must be kind of split, it creates a weird narrative. It creates a weird narrative. Now, but with all of this, they didn't really address diversity at all. You know, making sure that 
yeah, there's women and men on the team. That's fine. But what about diversity? You know, like, how we're kind of looking at that as well. It, it, it's just like, you know what I mean? You're, uh, I just, you know, it just muddies the water. It makes things very weird. It makes things any very weird. And, and really, the issue... Like, look, you're putting together a writing room. Like, it should, and it should also be, how many people were interviewed? Go, this is a big thing as well. How many people were interviewed, and what are the writing samples? Because if the writing samples from, you know, Tim, Steve, Muhammad were the best samples, then they're the best samples, you know, you don't hire Gloria just to make up the numbers. If Gloria didn't understand the concept, if Gloria can't write as well, why the fuck is she in the team? Because it's gonna dilute the story, and it's the look, and it's the same on the flip. If if Sarah, Michaela, Brianna, killing it, killing it, don't bring fucking Mike in. Mike doesn't have a fucking clue. He can't write his way out of a fucking crisp packet. You know what I mean? It, it's just like, go by talent. See, this is the thing. With all of these things, and I've said it before, I've said it numerous times, the idea should be, let's break down the barriers. We break down all the barriers, so now anyone couldn't work in these things the possibility is there for anyone no matter the race no matter the the the, you know the gender the sexuality anyone can step into these roles you then make it a thing to ensure that you know you're interviewing enough people if you're only interviewing a certain demographic, then yeah, you're only going to get one result. So you make sure, all right, we're going to recruit from this wider pool of talent. So that's the thing you want to look at. We're going to do that. So that means we're going to advertise the roles in places that will attract this wider pool of talent. Then it's a case of who has the best samples. Who has the best samples? You then employ them. Now, this is the thing, right? Maybe at first, things look the same. But then it's about, you know what I mean? Cultivating the promising talent. So maybe certain people... They weren't good enough at this opportunity to get the roles. How about creating a feeder system? So you take these promising people and you help develop them. You help develop them so then in the future, the writing rooms are going to be mad diverse because you have elevated the talent You've turned around on the ladder and gone, listen, we're giving you a hand, man. We're helping you out. 
So instead of just putting in place these ridiculous decrees, don't do that. Just make sure you make the playing field even. That's what you need to do. And make the playing field even for everyone. In every position. In every fucking job. Because this is the thing. They're talking about the writing room. What about the other jobs? What about, you know, the camera people? What about the storyboarders? You know, the actors themselves? Yo, what about all of these other things? The producers, the directors. It's not just the writers, man. It's everything. But, like, everyone wants to take these short-sighted approaches. Just so then they can have a fucking article on the website. Just, you know what I mean? Talking a little noise so they can pat themselves on the back and going, oh, look, we're doing something. We're doing something. No numbnuts. You're just putting your finger in the hole to stop a leak. That's all you're doing. You're not fixing anything. You know? You're just filling a link, a leak for a temporary period in time. Well done. Well done, you. Alright, well, I this baffled the shit out of me, okay? So, um, hmm, I'm going to butcher this, probably. Uh, Chanchal Larry, um, an Indian magician, also known as um, Mandrake. He died recently, attempting... A uh, an escape trick in um, Kolkata. I think it's pronounced like that. K O L K A T A. Kolkata. Um, so he was trying to uh, duplicate the classic Houdini trick, where he was wrapped in chains put into a river, and then he escapes, so, uh, yeah, this guy attempted it, 10 minutes later, the the crowds that had gathered to watch him do it were like, oh, he hasn't come up, but my thing is, 10 minutes later, 10 minutes was only when people started to be concerned, I'm just like, what the fuck is wrong with people? Like, after, I don't know, a few minutes, you should be like, okay, this is a bit worrying. This is a bit worrying. Like, sending the divers. Sending the divers to try and find him. Try and save him. Because after 10 minutes, he's dead. He's dead straight. You know what I mean? It's like there's no scratching your head, people. He's already fucked. Ah, and it baffles me, right? You'd think just doing attempting this trick on its own that you would have a team of divers ready, 
ready just to jump in, just to monitor the fucking situation, right? Had people in the water. So, and then you'd call out, all right, two minutes. A diver goes down. It's like, all right, yeah, he's attempting. He's nearly out. Boom, 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 boom. And then like, all right, two and a half minutes. Then you call it and go, okay, we're going to bring him up. I'm gonna bring, you set a time limit and you go, okay, we're bringing them up after this time. If there's anything longer, someone dies. And that's what happened. It's just like, oh, people, people, this is insane. And you look at the river itself and you're just like, fuck going in that river. It does not look clean, man. It really doesn't look clean. So I'd be like, yeah, I'm not going in there. It's insane. Like, uh, a, 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 a photographer spoke to the guy um, before he attempted it. And he said, um, he smiled and said, if I do it right, it's magic. If I make a mistake, it becomes tragic. Well, no shit, Sherlock. You know what I mean? I'm just like. Oh, people have to use their common sense. This was just crazy. It was was crazy, ridiculous and stupid. And everyone involved, shame on you. Shame on you. All right, so I've seen an article that's um talking about climate change and they um bring up the idea of an electric plane because you know because the uk has announced plans to cut greenhouse gas emissions to um almost zero by 2050 so they're saying that um cutting airplane emissions could be a big way of reaching this total which you know is fine you know it's an idea right um and i i I believe it was in um oh gosh what was it chasing um uh there was a racing uh documentary that i saw recently and um, the, the the racing car designer talked about his ideas of, of moving into um, aviation. Uh, so, yeah, you know, I, I guess it's a possibility. You know what I mean? It's a possibility. But you have to kind of think... Mm, how how likely is this to happen though? You know what I mean? Like, yeah. What what what's the likelihood of this going down? Um Okay, it was chasing perfect and it was looking at the career of Frank Stevenson. And so I think he was working on it. But it but, but the thing was it was um a a, a Meant as an alternative for cars, the the evolution of cars, but you know we're talking about, um, like passenger planes. So 
you know, and I talked to Felton the piece it's going, you know, by um twenty forty, the idea of taking a plane from London to Geneva could definitely be a thing. I would say, fuck if I am getting on that. Because nowhere in this article do they talk about the fact that you still can't drive a car across the country on one battery. You have to constantly charge the cars, right? They still haven't got it that you you can drive a car a really long distance on one charge. So that's the big thing. Now, if you could drive a car across the country and be good, I'd be like, okay, yeah, we're we're getting to a point where this could be a possibility. At this present moment in time, you cannot do that. You have to charge the cars. So if, if you're looking at it like that, how the fuck... Are they saying that, yeah, a plane, yeah, a plane will be fine. A plane can do it. No. Not possible. Not going to trust that you, you'll, you'll be like um over the ocean and you'll just hear, uh, ah, um, this is your pilot speaking. Uh, <laughs> I I didn't pay attention. Um. I forgot to charge the plane. Uh, we don't actually have enough power to get us to um, a landmass. Uh, so I'm going to try and take it down in the ocean. Unfortunately, there are sharks in this ocean. Um, my bad. Uh, yeah, we'll see what happens. You know, I don't want to fucking hear that. That's insane. And... Yes, the other the other way of getting around this is having more batteries on the plane. But batteries are heavy. So having more batteries on the plane means heavier the plane. Which, you know, not conducive with a plane. So I kind of feel you need to address these points. So stop just throwing out dates going, oh yeah, maybe it's possible by 2035. Oh, maybe 2040. Oh, who knows? You're like, no. Go, you, stop it. Stop talking shit. Talk about the battery situation. Do you know what I mean? Once you've got that down, once a car can drive a good distance... Then you know, alright, so we've got a battery that can go this amount of miles, this amount of kilometres, or, you know, whatever you measure that stuff. Oh, yeah, I said it, miles. Jeez. Oosh. So, um, hours. I mean, that, that, I guess that would be the other thing as well, right? Hours. And it's not overheating or doing anything crazy. Once it can do this, you have a battery that can do that. Now, that opens up the possibility of using it for other things. Until then, this isn't even a conversation. Unless you want to get in a plane. All right, if you want to get into an electric plane, more power to you. But, um, yeah, I'm definitely not going to be an early adapter on that. You know what I mean? 
I think I'd, I'd probably fare better trying to swim across the motherfucking ocean, son. Yeah, yeah, bit too, bit too risky right now. I think. Let's see if they um build a teleporter first. Okay, so recently, um. Man, yeah, so at an end of school ceremony in um an Indiana school, I think it was northwestern Indiana, um a, a, a an eleven year old kid was given the um most annoying um, male award. Now, the uh, the eleven year old in question has autism, so like it then becomes a question: Was he given the award because of his autism? Right. So that's the thing. The teacher, the parents say that the teacher told them the kids were the ones that decided the winner of this award. <sighs> so, look, you know, a lot of apologies were have been issued. And I think, like, teachers are facing disciplinary action and all things like this. Now... I think we have to look at... There's a, a few things you have to look at here. 11-year-old kids. 11-year-old fucking kids, man. Right? 11-year-olds aren't smart. They are not intelligent. They're not clever. They're not savvy to, um, you know, social, economic climate. Do you know what I mean? They don't know any of this shit. They will... Form an allegiance in the morning and then switch sides in the afternoon. They, they, I would rather trust Cersei Lannister than an 11 year old bloody kid. You know what I mean? So, to have them pick someone for this award is kind of crazy. Kind of crazy. And then you also have to go, right, were they. Was it their idea of a joke? Are they looking at it? You know, are they looking at this award as it's a joke? It's nothing to take seriously. It's kind of a loving, like, yeah, you're annoying. We love you. So you have to think, like, were these kids thinking this? Secondly, I think one of the biggest things. Why the fuck are you handing out awards, man? Right? What? What are these things meant to do? You know, like what you're giving some kids some false bullshit by handing out awards. Like we don't get awards in the real fucking world. There's not awards, right? There's not awards. You you know you're not at work, and they're like the award for the person that makes the best cup of tea. Oh, it's Jeremy Klein. Yay, Jeremy. Um. The award for the person with the best smile. <laughs> it's got to be Sharon Kelly. Sharon, come on up. Doesn't happen. So stop with the bullshit. 
Like, I, I, I think this is a problem because whatever the award is, right? So this is the most annoying male. But even if you had an award for, like, um, I don't know, biggest impact, biggest turnaround, biggest... Like, there's going to be kids that are pissed that they didn't win. So, you know, you're you're creating now this stupid sense of rivalry. Like, you're trying to hand out a wall to be like, hey, you all competed, you all took part. Yay! No, it's just stupid. It's another stupid thing that is getting done. Why? Like, if you really want to hand shit out, just, like, do it on attendance. Go, like, you mean these kids were the best attended kids of the year. They win a book voucher. You know what I mean? Like, do that. Or these kids didn't get a detention. Like, do it on things that are a clear cut and hand out a gang of them. So you would hand out to every kid that was in the top, I don't know, what percentage of attendance. Just do that. Then a whole gang of kids get an award and then it's just like, oh, okay, so if I never miss a day of school, I could get a book voucher. Cool. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna be late. I'm not gonna be late. I'm gonna turn up on time. I want a book voucher. You know what I mean that's more productive? I feel. But just stop with the fucking awards, because you're creating this false economy where people are looking to be rewarded for nothing, for absolutely nothing. Like just turning up. No, just turning up. You're not special. You don't win a fucking award. Like, none none of you are special, man. It's just like, look, you're here, you're doing a thing, you're learning. That's, it's as simple as that. Right? It's as simple as that. By doing this other thing, you're creating these bullshit clicks, these bullshit rivalries that just don't need to be there let fucking kids be kids simple as that man simple as that but um yeah fuck it all right people that's the news done so let's get on with some other shit right okay let's go okay so um you know recently I um I you know I helped out at Sci-Fi London. Um you know there's uh there's a good few editions of Echo Chamber sitting in the archive people. So if you want to know what happened, go check them out because there's a lot of good reviews and great interviews with some extremely talented individuals. Um and one person I met at Sci-Fi London was uh, Jessica Graham. She, uh, you know, she was like the first person I I talked to. The first, and I mean, the first um, like industry talent, because you know, all the volunteers we talked and all of that. But the, you know, she was the first industry talent that I spoke to, and 
you know, you, you couldn't have, like, talked with a nicer, lovelier person, you know, and, like, we talked about so many different things, like, straight out the gate, she was like, yeah, I, I do your podcast, so that was cool, but then we talked about a lot of different things, like, relationships, love, um, you know, these sort of things, which was really interesting, and good, because, you know, like, you don't want to just talk about one thing, right, and so, you know, like, we connected on social media, and, um, you know, I've, 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 yeah, so I follow her, her comments and stuff like that, and she puts up these really interesting thought pieces, and, um, so the other day she put something up and I thought, yo, it it is very powerful and it, it it's just like really interesting. So I'm gonna read it out to you people. So this is what she says. Go where the love is. Someone told me that a long time ago. It's been a long lesson to learn. Sometimes we want love from the people who can't give it, or give it wrapped in razor wire. We have expectations that can't possibly be met by those we place them on. Like going to a tiny dingy gas station and hoping to find fresh organic produce. We allow the bloody cuts of unkind or maybe worse indifferent and cold words to stand in for love. We settle for much less than we deserve. Like eating processed sugar filled products that harm when our body craves fresh whole food we don't go where the love is on some deep level we don't believe that we are worthy of being loved and from that place of unworthiness we suffer if this is your story it is time for a new narrative it is time for a movement towards what is unmistakably yours love conscious and imperfect human love radical and unwavering self-love and limitless and unconditional absolute love we are here to love and be loved we are here to know the feeling of unshakable worthiness and total unity We are here to see and be seen through the eyes of mindful and deep love. This full storyline that you've been living in is ready to come to a close. You are ready to see just how fucking lovable you are. It's time to go where the love is. I see you and I love you. Like that is so powerful man you know what i mean I, I because you think about it you break that shit down and it's so true you know I mean? like it can be so true you know it, it, it it's just like i often say if you want new results you have to have different actions so the line where she says it, it's like going to a dingy gas station trying to find organic food like it's not gonna happen 
So if you're trying to meet someone and you just going to the same place, it's not going to work, right? It's not going to work. Like we have to change the approach. But also, I think you you we we have to kind of just not fuck around with people that clearly uninterested and when I say they're not interested now they might be interested in dating hanging out whatever but they're not interested in you as an actual person they're just looking to fill their time you know it's like um like I I, I, I date I went on a few dates with this one girl um the other year and like she seemed like a really nice person right but her idea of you know I think love and connection was it was one thing so she thought one size fits all so you know if one person in her past had liked um let's say yellow like yellow jumpers then she's buying everyone a yellow jumper and you have to be so grateful that you've got this yellow jumper and it's just like it doesn't work like that you need to ask me what I like don't just make these assumptions because someone else liked this thing yeah, and, and that's the thing, we can't, like, with people like that, they're not going to change, so why waste time with them, you know, and, yeah, it, it it's about changing approach, and not giving, like, these fucked up people that um, are indifferent and cold, the ability to control our hearts. And that's that's a really important thing. You know, it, it, it's about... Because you think about the people that you hang out with on a friend basis. You don't hang out with fools. You don't hang out with idiots. You no. Know, you, you hang out with the best people. And... I think that's a thing that we need to do when it comes with love. It's just like, it's not about, all right, well, they'll do. You know, fine. You know, I'm lonely, so I'm going to hang out with this person. No, there's no settling when it comes to this. It's, it's, It's important to make sure that, you know, if we're looking after everything else in our lives, if we're thinking, all right, I'm going to the gym, I'm eating healthy, you know, I'm buying a good computer, I, you know, you're doing all these other things right, that we show the same care and concern when it comes to the heart. And yeah, you know, I I think it's it's definitely I think when I read this and, and I came across this, it was one thing that I was definitely thinking about. You know, it's like this, you know, the other uh, you know, uh, recently I was meant to go on this date with this girl. And at the last minute, the last minute, instead of just saying, 
look, I've changed my mind, you know, I'm not really interesting anymore, whatever, whatever, I'm, I'm seeing someone else, whatever, just deleted everything, deleted everything off the app that we were using, and um, yeah, that was it, you know, it's like just the complete lack of disrespect, and it's just people like that, just aren't worth the time, but it's a bit like, you know, there's an impact to all of these things, because you, you start to wonder, right, you start to wonder, why does this shit keep on happening, what's that saying about me as a person, and so you doubt yourself, you're just like, oh, what am I doing wrong, like, why am I a fuck up, and so I think when, when you know, reading this, it's a bit like, okay, yeah, I understand, I get it, and it, it helps, it's very helpful, it, it, you know, it, it, it's, yeah, so just nice, it's, it's nice to see something that touches upon the things that you, that run through your mind, especially late at night, so it helps to reassure you that, you know, look, other people have made the same mistakes, and, you know, you can change it, you can change it, you can reset, start again, and put more value on yourself when you're doing it, so, uh, yeah, I don't know, I like, I thought it was nice, I thought it was helpful, and, um, yeah, so hopefully it could help you two people, so, um, you know, so another reason I'm thankful that I cross paths with Jessica Graham because she is extremely helpful and um extremely intelligent, you know? So yeah. You need to find people like this and um yeah, talk with them, man. Like learn from them. Like exchange ideas with them. Because, I mean, that's how we grow as people, right? By doing things like that. By, um, yeah, opening ourselves up to the experience of others. So, yeah, like, embrace it, people. Embrace it. Yo, people, so it has finally happened. All of Marvel's stuff on Netflix is now done. Finished. Finito. That's right, people. Because June the 14th saw the release of the third and final season of Jessica Jones. Um, so, yeah, the usual cast were there. Christine Rita as Jessica Jones. Rachel Taylor as Trish Walker. Eka Darville as Michael um, Mal God damn it as Malcolm Ducas and Carrie Ann Moss as Jerry Hograph. See, this is the thing, right? So I'm looking at the name. It's J E R I. So I think I pronounce that as Jerry, but I swear in the show. They were like Jer John John Johnry John. They were. It sounded different. It sounded different. It didn't sound like Jerry. 
So I, I, I'm not, I'm not sure. I'm not sure if I'm pronouncing this right or wrong because I do fuck up pronunciations. So maybe, yeah, maybe I'm doing it wrong. I don't know. I don't know people. Ah, but yeah, like you know, it was thirteen episodes. Um, yeah, they were just under an hour. Um. You know, the series created by Melissa Rosenberg. So, yeah, it's like the whole team that was behind, like, the stuff you liked before, they were back. And it was just like, right, cool. How's this shit gonna be? So, the um, the premise of this season is this. When Jessica Jones crosses paths with a highly intelligent psychopath, she and Trish must repair their fractured relationship and team up to take him down. But a devastating loss reveals their conflicting ideas of heroism and sets them on a direct collision course that will forever change Changed them both Hmm I have to say I didn't read that before I watched the season And I think I'm kind of glad I didn't You know what I mean I don't think that would have been Yeah I think that kind of gives too much away But yeah you know As I said look It was 13 episodes um, And <sighs> See I really loved the first... I thought the first season was really good. Really good. Because the, I think the Purple Man in the comics... When it was the um, Alias series... For the Max line at Marvel... That... It was a great storyline. And the um, the way they did it in the TV series... Added some extra complexity to the story... You know, because it was definitely longer Like you remember the comic series as this longer story But it was, it really wasn't So seeing it in the TV, that was great But, like As, like, you know, then we got the second season And the second season, it was okay It was okay But it felt like, oh, it's a bit long They dragged it out a bit here so maybe not 13 episodes I think Again This I'm, I'm a bit like I, you know, It's a shame they didn't do with this What they did with Iron Fist And just reduce the episode count a bit Because It did feel like Stuff was getting dragged out You know And I I think Right If this was the first I've seen I probably would have enjoyed it more But because I'd seen Like season 1 and 2 And really liked 1 And thought 2 was cool You know It it then affected my enjoyment Of this season Because this Like this was the thing It's It's not bad It's not terrible Like it's filmed well You know like the stories are Yeah the stories are okay 
you know, everything, I think everything makes sense, and all of this, like, the acting is fine, you know, we, we have all of this stuff, and it's fine, it's all fine, but it really seemed like points were being overemphasized, it was like, yeah, this is what we're trying to say, like, we're trying to make, we're talking about this concept, so, yeah, listen to us emphasize these words, we're talking about this concept, people, do you understand, talking about this concept, and it's a bit like, oh, come on, man, what are, what are you doing, you know, it's just like, oish, because, like, in the first episode, it was just like, I'm a hero, you're a hero, I'm a hero, I'm a hero, I'm a hero, I'm just like, okay, I get it, you want to kind of talk about the idea of heroism, and what it is to be a hero, I understand, you don't have to go over the top with this, you know, and it just didn't fit, didn't fit, like, you could have Trish say it once or twice, but it was just like, no one's saying it as much as what you're saying it, this is like, it's getting kind of weird, right, so you have this, then we've got Jessica meeting um, this guy, Eric Gelden, and, like, all of that was just, okay, I see where this is going, like, there wasn't really any surprises, it was all pretty, it's pretty obvious where everything was going to be going here, you know, like, with, um, the situation with Jerry and Keith, knew where that was going, like, you saw Malcolm, um, with, uh, uh man, I can't think of the name of his, his girl, who was a smoke show, jeez, um, but yeah, it, but like, you knew, you knew what was going on with that, so it was just like, with every situation, with every setup, you're like, I know where this is going, man, you know, the, the, like, this isn't anything new here, and it was just like, yeah, like, just, it was just dragging, it was, it was dragging, because you're like, look, I know the story's going here, so, just get it to that point, you know, you might as well get it to that point, because, what else are we doing, you know, like, what else are we doing here, so it was just a bit like, ugh, and then the, the, the whole psychopath, like, the, um, Salinger, it just wasn't interesting, it, it wasn't an interesting character, you know, when we, when you've had people like Dexter, and you've had people like, um, Walter White, and, 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 and stuff like, characters like this, who people like, oh shit, that's interesting, that's, you know, like, you know, Tony Soprano, you had, um, Fuck, 
I can't even remember Idris Elba's character in The Wire. But, like, these were interesting psychopaths. You know? And, and so, once you meet this Salinger, you're just like, eh, whatever, man. I don't care. You know, there wasn't enough of it for you to care about. So it was just like, ugh. And then they kept on trying to add stuff to create layers. But it it just wasn't enough. Like, so, Erica, Eric had a sister, Brianna. Berry. Just like, ugh. And just that whole element was just... No. I don't, I don't, I don't buy it. I don't buy... Any of that storyline. Like, uh, you know, the first bit, fine. Fine. But then, as you see a later in the series, you're just like, what? What? No one is going to do that. No one. Come on. Let's, let's not be silly here. Let's not be silly. And... We, we, like, things happen, like, there's a situation with evidence, and you're just, like, it didn't have to go the way it went. It was just, like, there's so many different scenarios. It was just, like, you know, remove, replace it with something else, and just not tell the guy. Replace it with something else, don't tell the guy, you, you, you let, um... You know, Costa no. You'd be like, yo, Costa, I gotta do this thing to save this person. But we'll just replace it. He's like, yo, cool. No worries. We'll act like, yeah, it's it's been done, and then we'll sting them in the end. It's just simple. It's simple things, man. But that doesn't happen. And you're just like, why does that not happen? You're trying to create this false drama you know these false complexities and so yeah then the episodes end with, tra- with Jesse being like oh the conflict of trying to save my sister and trying to put this Salinger away oh no what do I do oh and it's just like I'm not buying it man you know I'm not Buying any of it, I, and I think that was that was just the problem with this season. It was just like it just wasn't. It, it, you weren't able to to kind of get into it, to kind of really immerse yourself, to really believe. Like this shit is going down. This shit is happening. This is real. Can't, you just couldn't Just couldn't do that You know It was very problematic Because after everything You just You knew straight away The thing with Dorothy You knew what was then going to happen You know Like at the very end With Salinger Knew what was going to happen It just wasn't There was no surprises In this season I mean, the only surprise was the guest at the very end. 
that I guess that was the only surprise. But you did wonder why that person hadn't shown up. Do you know what I mean? Like with everything that was going down, you kind of be like, yeah, I kind of wonder why this person isn't around. Because of like when you think about the connections, you know, so it was a bit like, huh, and so having them turn up, that was that was kind of cool, but it was a bit like, but why? But you know what I mean? They don't. They didn't do anything. Like it really, it didn't. It like if you remove that scene. It doesn't change the outcome. So it was a bit like, eh, that was just some throwaway shit. Like, what was the point? You know? Like, I think shit needs to mean something. You know? Um, and I think that was the difference with season one. Everything seemed to mean something. And so that's why you could really invest in it. It was just like the new secretary, the Malcolm replacement. It was just a bit like, alright, fine. But it's just a bit, you know, it's a played out scenario. Be like, oh, we're going to act like we're arguing all the time. We're enemies, but we're not really. And it's just like, ugh. Come on, man. You know, like, put, we need some new shtick, you know? You can't just roll out this same old, same old shit. Because, like, I can't buy it. So this is why I'm saying, if I hadn't seen the other seasons, I'd watch this and think, fine. Because, you know, like, having people act weird... To how we've seen them previously You wouldn't know You know so you wouldn't know That there's all this stuff happening That makes no sense Really And so yeah I think if you can Separate all of that So if you can just be like Yeah whatever I don't care I don't care I'm going to enjoy it For what it is You will enjoy it as I'm saying, look, it's not terrible. But, yeah, if you are tied in with the other stuff, you're just going to be a bit like, ah, what's, like, what's going on, man? Like, yeah, what is going on? You know, it was just like, look, the whole the whole season really is talking about you know what makes a hero what makes a hero like walking the line you know is it is just that that line between evil and good so like or like we saw in um Daredevil with the Punisher so that's what we're doing, it's kind of looking at, it's looking at that, um, and then I think redemption, it's just like, is redemption possible, and, and that's what it is, 
Because that's why you've got Eric. That's why you've got Trish. That's why you've got Eric's sister. You know, Dorothy to an extent. You you have all these things. Like Jerry and Keith. And like, you have all these situations. Like Malcolm and his girlfriend. And it's just like, yeah. Can you redeem yourself? But then also, I think like... How do you hold yourself accountable? So you have all of these things playing through, which is fine, but it is just a bit too on the nose. It was just a bit too on the nose for me to be like, yes, this is kicking ass. Which, yeah, it's a damn shame, man. It's a damn shame. Shame, because yeah, I wanted to really enjoy it. I wanted to really enjoy it. Like we had some good characters, you know what I mean. We we definitely had yeah some some really good characters. Like um like Costa was good. You know, like I think Kiff was interesting. Like the situation with Jerry that was. Um, I think that that could have um, I think that could have added something extra to it but then you have Jerry do something that we've already seen her do we've already seen her do it and it backfire you know and backfire so drastically So drastically So it was a bit like Wait You you wouldn't have Do it again That's ludicrous Ludicrous Oh it was um Zaya That, that was um Malcolm's girlfriend Played by Tiffany Mack Yeah Um Yeah you know I don't know, I don't know, like, yeah, look, I could very well be, um, yeah, just be a little cranky, (laughs) you know what I mean, like, it wouldn't surprise me if everyone else is loving this, you know, like, that wouldn't surprise me, and that's fine, people, that is fine, these are just my thoughts, man, just my thoughts, you know, I'm, look, it's, it's, it's not to Not trying to condemn something Not trying to be like Yo, if you people don't watch it You're suckers I mean, sometimes <laughs> Sometimes for sure But yeah, you know, on the most part is you know It's just me giving my Opinion of something And unfortunately Jessica Jones Season 3 Was it's just a little bit average, you know, just a little bit average, ran a little too long, you know, but hey, what are you going to do, it's it's now come to an end, and um, yeah, we'll, we'll see what happens, man, we'll see what happens, because 
you know, you're always seeing, like, articles, especially when it first happened in, you know, in February, I think it was, when everything got cancelled, that it's just like, oh, if, if, if Marvel want to make these shows for Disney+, Plus, they can't until 2021, and I'm, and, and everyone's like, oh, no, they're so far away, I'm like, people, it's two fucking years, <laughs> you know what I mean, it's two years, what the fuck are you talking about, it's just like, you know, because, they're not gonna launch, they were never gonna launch Disney Plus with the same old shows, that would have been ludicrous, you want to bring something new, something fresh, so, like, that's what we're getting, we're getting the Loki series, we're getting the, um, Wonder and Vision series, the Falcon and Winter Soldier series, um, I think there's a Hawkeye series, with the both, the two Hawkeyes, um, yeah, so we're getting shows, so we're getting those different shows, so the time it takes for all of that shit to play out would be the perfect time to then maybe revisit this shit, you know, because you want separation, you want separation, and that was the prop. always the problem with some of the reboots, you know, I think it was definitely the problem with the reboot of, like, um, the Amazing Spider-Man, you know, going from the Sam Raimi to then Amazing with Garfield, I think it was still too, there wasn't enough time gap between, like, you've cast a very similar Spider-Man age-wise, so the stories you're telling aren't it's really going to be too much different. We've done the origin again. We've already had the origin. You know, so that was all the problem. So you would have thought, oh, they're remaking it again? Remaking it again? Oh, my God. This is, like, not enough time. Not enough time. But the smart thing they did when Marvel worked with Sony, Tom Holland, you know, you bring it back. You make it drastically different. So you've got him as a you, you know what I mean? And you don't do the origin. So that was smart. So this is the thing. If if Disney Plus pick up Daredevil, Iron Fist, Jessica Jones, Luke Cage, you want a gap. You want a gap and then you bring it. So yeah, we'll see. I know that was a tangent, right? But yeah, fuck it. Yeah, you know what I mean? As I said, look, Jessica Jones, it's now on Netflix. So you can watch that shit whenever you like. When I say watch that shit, I'm just saying you can watch it. You can watch it whenever you like. And the same with all the other stuff. Punisher, Luke Cage, Daredevil. Like, the Defender series. It's all there. It's gonna stay there. So you can just watch it whenever you feel, man. Just go to that, like, you know, those great seasons of these shows. Like, season one of Daredevil. How good was that? That was great. I like season... You know, to be honest, I liked all of the seasons. I really liked all of the seasons of Daredevil. I know some people are like, ah, season two. But I like season two. I thought Electra was good. You know, like the Punisher bit, I all I loved all of that shit. But yeah, can watch it now whenever I feel. So that's all good. That's golden, man. But yeah, you you know, 
I would, it's definitely worth a watch, you know, just complete the cycle, find out where, you know, everyone kind of falls and all of that, so yeah, check it out, season three, Jessica Jones, it's on Netflix now, people, what, what? <laughs> this week, I, um, I went back to Mark Dawson's Beatrix Rose character, so, um, you know, I, I've said it before that I think Ghosts is my favourite so far um, of the um, Mark Dawson, um, John Milton series. And in, in that book, we have, um, that's when, you know, you first come across Beatrix Rose. So then you can go back and, and read her antics in the Hong Kong, um, yeah, the Hong Kong stories, uh, which are like free novellas, I believe, um, so yeah, you, you get those, but, you know, In Cold Blood, that is the first of, um, I thought it was free, but I've just seen that uh, a fourth book has just come out, so, um, yeah, who who knows what's happening with this, but uh, yeah, it, in Cold Blood is the first in the Beatrix Rose series, and this seems to um, yeah, really kind of spin out of the aftermath of Ghosts. So you you don't ha- you you don't have to have read, um, you know. The Hong Kong stuff, uh, and um, you know, I, I what I like about this is it is a short book. You know, it it it's not a huge story, which means um, you know, it, it's it's not flabby. Um, it's pretty much to the point, which is always something that I enjoy. Uh and yeah, I think that's good. It, it's read by um, Mark Deakins, who's like, and it's not bad, but I do, uh, I do think that maybe a female narrator would have worked a bit better for this, because some of his female voices are a bit irritating. Um, but yeah, the story itself isn't. Well, hmm, it is a weird story. It's a it's a weird story, and it is one that does you know I I I wasn't fully convinced. You know, I wasn't fully convinced that you know any of it was was needed, and that you know it's a bit like eh, I I don't see how. You know, th- this is going to work in any way. But it is well put together. You know, so even though, you know, I'm, I'm very sceptical about the plot, about how Rose is going to kind of instigate everything that needs to be done, and then some of the other actions that happen within the book, the story itself is told well. Which is a good thing, you know. That that's one thing that Dawson does seem to be able to do well. Uh, 
<clears throat> which is good so um and the when it ends i am kind of like okay fine yeah i'm in i'm in i'll I'll see what happens next so that's all that's all very positive i feel with this i do think the introduction of the daughter isabella is a tad irksome just because we fall into the trap of oh look she's really good at this and she's really good at this and it's really good at that and it's just a bit like do like you know why do we always have to have a character be like oh they're perfect at this and they're perfect at that and they're perfect like it'd be good sometimes just to see more of a learning curve and also just the fact being like i people they can try something doesn't mean they're going to be great at it sometimes they're not even going to be good at all you know so it, I, I do feel like having that within the story that could have been good you know that would have been of interest for the character to not be um <clears throat> you know a straight up carbon copy because I do think it kind of diminishes the character. It does make her a bit one-dimensional. And um, I maybe this is just me, right? Maybe this is just me. I think it might be. <laughs> I really do. Because I ain't going to lie. Just, I hate that I hate mummy. I hate it when, like, in a book, like, you, a character's like, Mummy, daddy, and especially when they're um a bit older as well. If they're a a, a little kid, if they're very young, you're like, all right, yeah, you know, fine. All right, I I'll let that go. Although I'm a bit like, just call it mum or dad. You know what I mean? Just mum or dad. That will suffice. But I think thirteen, and and she's like, mummy. You know, it was just a bit like, ugh, ugh. I know. That's irritating. But yeah, why I think it is me is because this pisses me off in real life as well. You know what I mean? When you're dating someone and they're like, oh yeah, I'm going to see my mummy. And, and you're just like, oh, for fuck's sake. Ugh. Or when you're looking at a dating profile and she's like, oh, I'm a proud mummy. And you're just like, just say you're a mother. Say you're a mother or mum. Don't say mummy fucking irritating so yeah I, I i do think that that is probably me but um yeah it irritated me <laughs> but yeah <laughs> um as i said look i am looking forward to uh seeing what comes next in this series so um yeah I'll be picking up Blood Moon Rising very soon. So, uh, you know, the, uh, look, with all of this stuff, it's always it's all available on Audible UK. Um, yeah, I because you know I'd say it's also probably available on .com, but I have found you know. 
when I have looked in the past, some books are and some books aren't. But um, if it is, yeah, check it out, people. And especially if you like the um, John Milton stuff, you know. So, uh, yeah, this was In Cold Blood, book one in the Beatrix Rose series by Mark Dawson and read by Mark Deakins. Okay, people. So, yeah, we've reached that time again. The end of another episode of the podcast so let's hit with some uh tv news uh before we bounce okay so um a couple of months ago word came that ada mashka kroll and michael green had exited their um showrunner producer uh, you know writer duties on um, FX's adaptation of Brian K. Vaughan and Pia Guerrero's Why the Last Man. Okay, so now um, Eliza Clark has come on board as the new showrunner, writer and executive producer. Um, like, there was a pilot that had been shot. It's expected that's going to get, you know, jettisoned and it will all start again. But the word is that the cast is going to be staying the same. So um, Barry Kean, Diana Lane, Lashana Lynch, Imogen Potts, Amber Tamblin and Juliana Canfield so um yeah we'll see what happens with this you know if um if Clark can get this project that has been floating around for years actually um to happen yeah we'll see okay so um Netflix have got a really interesting project planned um it's called Criminal uh, and it like it's going to consist of 12 episodes the episodes will be about 45 minutes each um, but what they're thinking is that it's going to be kind of put into four batches of three episodes and each like segment is going to be taking place in a different country, which will be France, Spain, Germany, and England. Well, the UK, but I'd imagine just England. Um, yeah, which is like interesting. But but what what some like one of the biggest things is like. Everything we see is going to be taking place in the confines of a police interview suite, and um, all the all the dialogue will be in the country's um, language. So, uh, yeah, 
Like, it, it's, you know what I mean? I, I think this is one of the first kind of shows to kind of do something like this. I know the Russo brothers have got a similar kind of approach kind of thing planned, I believe, over at um, Amazon. But, uh, yeah, kind of um, interesting, right? So... Uh, David Tennant and Hayley um, Atwell have just joined the cast. Uh, and so that, you know, the other people involved, Catherine Kelly Lee, um, Ingleberry, Mark Stanley, Rochenda Sandal, uh, Shabam Saraf, Yusuf Kerkora um, and Claire Hope Ashiti. So, um, yeah, I mean, it could be interesting. We'll see what happens. I believe there's a trailer out, but um, nothing else really. No kind of air dates or anything like that. Uh, Netflix are also planning a um, a kind of a documentary drama series called Age of Samurai Battle for Japan, uh, which will be kind of looking at the warring kingdoms of feudal Japan, which is, uh, you know, that's all, yeah, it's fascinating. Like a fascinating kind of era of time. So, um, you know, it'd be kind of, cool to see what um what happens with this you know what I mean so um yeah I, I think it's kind of looking at date Masumi a notorious samurai known as the one-eyed dragon who fought alongside three founding fathers of Japan warlords who led fierce armies of samurai against each other to unite the nation 400 years ago. So yeah, and this has definitely got potential to be um, something a little bit special. But um, I don't know, who knows? We'll have to uh, wait and see. Now, um. A lot of people have just come on board of um, Treadstone, the uh, Born Identity spin-off TV series that will be happening at the USA Network. So um, we've got Michelle Forbes, Patrick Fugit, Michael Gaston, Tess Hubrich, and um, Shruti Hassan. Uh and the series is coming from Tim Crane and Ben Smith. Uh, so it's going to be exploring the origin story and present day actions of a CIA black ops program known as Operation Treadstone, a covert program using behavior moderation protocol to turn recruits into nearly superhero assassins. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I think that, I don't know, um, it's filming at the moment so, 
I guess there's always a possibility of it hitting by the end of the year, but who knows? Um, some really interesting news that I heard um, on uh, the Joe Rogan podcast. There was a little throwaway comment made, and um, yeah, had a dig around, and I found that um, yes, yeah, Sony Sony Animation is um, bringing back Aaron McGrudder's the boondocks so um yeah they're they're calling it a reimagining but um i do believe that uh, some of the cast are coming back so i don't know i don't know but yeah that series was crazy so um yeah looking forward to that also if um anyone was a fan of samurai jack gendry um Tata Kowalski is, um, yeah, he's working on a new R-rated comedy called Fixed, and it's about a dog on his last day before being neutered, <laughs> so, um, yeah, I don't know, that, that, that's got, um, potential, I guess, and Sony are also, um, working on an anthology series based on Anthony Bourdain's horror and food recipes comic Hungry Ghosts so um yeah people that's it for another week um yeah I'm now gonna jet off to New York have a little fun at Skankfest so if yo anyone at Skankfest I'll see you there, people. And, um, yeah, I will no doubt be talking all about it in next week's episode. So I will catch you next Wednesday, people. Take it easy. Peace.